of the genius of uh, Jesus. And we've been talking about how Jesus is that brilliant communicator. Really, I, I think the most brilliant who's ever lived and the most brilliant teacher who's ever lived. Maybe you have a, fav- a favorite Bible teacher. I kind of uh, I serve on Sundays. This is what I'm doing right now, by the way. This is what I do on the dream team. I'm, I'm fulfilling the role I have on, on the dream team. Um, and doing what God called called me to do with my with my life, but I'm not my favorite Bible teacher. So every Monday I go to church by myself, and uh, I, uh, I I I watch several online church services. I love the availability of church online around the world because it gives us access to the gospel around the world. But I also hate it because when we start doing it, some of you will use rainy Sundays to stay at home. So I'm, I'm on to you. <laughs> why, why haven't y'all done video yet? Oh, anyway, so um, I like it. So on Sunday mor- Monday mornings, I'll go to church. I'll watch several, several messages from around the world. And, and different theological streams and, and you know, people that believe like me, people that don't believe uh, quite like me. I just, you know, good Bible teaching, a good sound doctrine, I uh, I enjoy, but I, I've never met someone who's as as brilliant as Jesus. I've never heard a Bible teacher who as as simply and as clearly could communicate uh, the principles of the kingdom. And uh, really, this whole series is about you surrendering your life to the idea that Jesus is not just your escape from earth. He's not just your get out of hell free card. That he has something to say about your daily life. That the miracles that he performed, the life that he lived, the sermons that he preached, the life that, that he lived out in front of humanity, and, and really his death, burial, and resurrection were all, it was genius, and, and, and if you'll surrender your heart to the genius that is in Christ, I think your life will improve. I think your Monday through Saturday will get, will get better. And so next, next week, I already have a message for you next week uh, that God's been sort of talking to my heart about, and we'll kind of, we'll, we'll jump back in next week, even though it's Palm Sunday, I'm going to, I'm going to, Jump back into another story like we did a couple of weeks ago with the pool of Bethesda and, and, and sort of work around a miracle that Jesus performed. I, I want to preach uh, that to you next week. But I'm, I'm back in John this week, and, and I, I promise you I didn't plan it this way. I would have called this series the book of John. It's not in John next week, everybody, just so you're wondering. But uh, I'm just, I just can't get out of it. I, just, I feel like uh, this is where God would have us. In the book of John, uh, there are, I, I tell you this, but... Uh, uh, John would talk more about the divinity of Christ than any other gospel writer. And there are nine statements in the gospel of John where Jesus, in first person, would use the phrase, I am. I am, not nine times. He said, I am the door, I am the gate, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the resurrection. Last week we said, I am the vine, I am the light of the world. And then this week I want to land on the ninth one. And he said, I am the good shepherd. Would you write that in your notes? It's not on the screen. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. It's not on the screen, but it is. John 10 and 11 says it like this. John 10 and 11 says, I am the, write that down, underline this in your Bible, good shepherd. And the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I want you to underline that word good. If you, if you, if you take good artistic notes, I know there are artists in the room. I want you to just make good the biggest thing on there. I'm the good shepherd. And, and let, me, let me just go ahead and tell you, no matter what religious background you have, if it's not good news, 
It's not Bible news. Come on, everybody. If it's not good, it's not Jesus. That's just the bottom line of it. That the gospel is good news. It's not news that makes you feel terrible. It's not news that tells you what a sinner you are. It's not news that tells you you're never going to make it. You probably won't go to heaven. You're probably on your way to hell unless you do X, Y, and Z. And even then, I'd probably be worried because... You know, everybody's probably going to hell. Just a few of us are going to make it. It's If that's what you grew up hearing, if that's sort of the religious background you have, let me just stop you and tell you, that's not the gospel. The gospel is good news. He's a good shepherd. Shout amen to that, everybody. Look into my eyes. He's not mad at you. I know some of you are looking at your husband going, he's got to be. Look what. Look at this. But he's not mad at you. He's not. He's not angry with you. You would know. Somebody come to me. Several years ago in my ministry and said, I think, I think I've, you know, I've passed the point of no return. I think, and they used a theological uh, phrase, a, a biblical phrase that, that has some really heavy connotations about blasphemy. And they said, I think I have committed this. I said, you haven't committed blasphemy. How, how do you know, Pastor? Because you know. If, you, if, if, you're able to, if you're able, if you have the insight enough to know that it could be you, it ain't you. God is good to you, everybody. And he. And I'm not a universalist. I'm not telling you everybody's going to make it. I'm not telling you everything's okay. I'm just telling you he's better than you think he is. Shout amen to that. And that angers me sometimes as a Christian. Can I be frank with you? Because I, I wish he was worse to people than I want him to be worse to. I wish he would judge quicker. Anybody else but me a sinner? Come on, everybody. I wish he would take care of people quicker. Sometimes I go to God and remind him, God... Don't forget, you know what they're doing over there. You know what I'm saying? Maybe you didn't notice. I thought I'd bring it to your attention. I wish you would deal with them. I wish, I wish this would happen. God, you remember how you spanked me that one time and you ain't done nothing to them. But he's a good shepherd. And this is good news. And this church will always be a good news church. This will always be a God is for us kind of place. God can do anything. Heal anybody. Save anybody. Resurrect any dead thing. God is a good shepherd. If you believe that, shout amen. Come on, he's been good in my life. But if there's a good shepherd, there must be a, got to be a bad one. There's got to be an opposite. If, If there's a reason why the Bible would use the word good shepherd, it's because there's something else. As a matter of fact, John 10 opens like this. I tell you the truth, John 10 and 1. I tell you the truth, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, catch the imagery now, there's a, there's a pen, there's a sheep pen, there's gates there. Jesus said, I'm the gate, by the way. And, and there's a wall around them. There's a place where those sheep are. And anyone who sneaks over that wall, rather than going through the gate, must surely be the bad shepherd, a thief and a robber. I would be remiss to tell you, while I, while I want to remind you that we have a good shepherd, it would, be, it would be inadequate if I didn't also tell you, you have a spiritual enemy. You're in a church today that believes in a literal devil. Now, I don't like talking about him all that much because I think a lot of the credit we give the devil is just us. You know what I'm saying? It's not the devil's fault I, I, I had to move up pant sizes. It's Krispy Kreme's fault. Come on, somebody. There's some stuff I blame the devil for, you blame the devil for. The devil's like, I didn't even realize I did that. That's awesome. I didn't even know I did that. Just choices you've made in your life that you got to live with the consequences. You understand what I'm telling you? But it doesn't negate that we're in a spiritual battle and you have a spiritual enemy. And he's a thief and he's a robber. 
And if Jesus came to give abundant life, and He did, John 10 and 10 said, I want you to have life to the fullest, one translation says, an abundant life. The enemy came for just the opposite of that. Same verse, John 10 and 10 says, the thief came to steal and kill and destroy everything that God has for your life. The enemy of your soul wants to take it from you, wants to destroy it. It's not enough just to steal it. He wants to kill it, everybody. I wish I had time to preach this to you. He doesn't just steal your joy. I've met Christians for 25 years. He's killed it. He didn't just take it from them. He destroyed it. He, he, you ever had anything stolen from you? Anybody out of your car? You ever had anything stolen from you? It's, it, you feel violated enough when they go through your car. I remember one time Brandy and I went back, back uh, before we had kids. It was years ago in another state. Uh, and, let me just pause here and tell you, in case you're, uh, you're wondering, ministry is not the most lucrative position. Let me say it that way. So, so we lived in the hood. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> so, so, so we had this house in the hood. And, um, and we woke up one morning. I was on my way to the office, the church, the church I worked at. And, uh, and we walked outside. And I noticed that both of the doors of my car were open. Now, I thought to myself, that could have been me. <laughs> it's entirely possible I just could have done that because... I'm forgetful that way. But very quickly, after, after I, I, I walked around to the driver's side, I realized someone had broken their cars. And, and, they had, and they had, you know, sort of rifled through everything. In, you know, everything in the glove box was out. Everything in the console was out. They'd messed stuff up. And they'd taken some stuff from us. And, and we never recuperated it. We, ne- we never got it back. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, you, you find it. And, and, you know, they catch the thief or they catch, you know, whoever's in the neighborhood. They had hit cars all along my neighborhood. I, w- I want to tell you it was, it was because, you know, I was anointed of God and, and it was the enemy. But it was really because I left my, my doors unlocked. And, um, and, and so they opened the doors and just took stuff out. But we never found anything. And some of you have been looking 20 years for something. The enemy, he didn't just steal it from you. He decided to just destroy it, all traces of it. And, 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 and that's the plan that he has for your life. And if you go through Christianity thinking it's just going to be an easy walk in the park, let me tell you something. you got somebody who's walking through your life checking door handles, looking for open doors. Can I preach to you just a moment? He's looking for vulnerabilities that you have in your peace, in your joy. He's looking for people who have, there is a wedge that, that can be driven in there. There are people who are uncoachable, who the enemy can use your uncoachability, your unleadability to, get, to put bitterness inside of you, to put, where you'll never be able to trust again never be able to surrender and submit and relationships don't go there's just their vulnerabilities there that the enemy's trying to exploit he literally will just sneak over the wall before you know it the thing that meant meant something to you is now vulnerable and I'm preaching to you today because you and I fit in the story of the good shepherd Jesus is, I didn't put this on the screen, but Jesus is the shepherd in the story. Write that down. I'm sure that's obvious to you now. He uses first person, says, I'm the good shepherd. If he's the shepherd, who are we? The sheep. Matter of fact, the Bible said we're the sheep of his pasture. Do you know that sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in in the, in the Bible, it's the most commonly mentioned animal in the Bible. About 200 times, as a matter of fact, sheep are mentioned throughout the Bible. Just since we're talking about, oh, we're all the animal lovers. Where you at, all the animal lovers? I can see y'all smell like cats. Anyway, dogs are, I'm kidding. Dogs are mentioned 44 times in, in the Bible. Do, sheep are mentioned 200. Dogs are mentioned 44. You know how many times cats are mentioned? Zero times they are mentioned, unless you count this one time, the Bible said that the devil 
He roams around like a roaring lion. So anytime in the Bible you see cat, you see the devil. I'm just saying. I didn't write it. It's in the Bible. It is what it is. Dogs are there 44 times. Come on, all the dog people. Cats are the devil. That's in the Bible. I'm giving you, we're studying the Bible today. Sheep are there 200 times. And, uh, and, and when, when you talk about sheep, the unfortunate thing is this. Listen to me. If you've ever been a sheep, anybody ever been a sheep farmer? Probably not. Goat farmer. You realize sheep aren't very smart. That's the unfortunate thing about you and me. I want you to look at your partner that you sit next to in church. Come on, look him right in the eye. Tell them, I love you. But you're just not very smart. (laughs) With all the love I can get, I'm stupid, you're stupid. We kind of have this stupidity thing going. We're just sheep. Sheep just are not the smartest. Sheep sheep just on their own are not not the smartest. You've never gone to a circus and seen a sheep, have you? No. They're flea circuses. They can train fleas and can't train sheep, everybody. Elephants are there. Lions are there. Tigers are there. Never sheep at a circus. Nobody rides sheep. Uh, It's just just a different... They can't be trained. Sheep sheep have challenges. Let me give you four of them. Write these down quickly. Number one, sheep get lost easily. Write that in your notes. Sheep get lost easily. They can't find their way easily. As a matter of fact, the Bible would say it like this in Isaiah, that all we, like sheep, have gone astray. We get lost easy. We kind of go our own way. It's common for sheep to walk away from the sheepfold. I'm preaching to you now. I want you to see deeper in, the, in, in what I'm telling you, that it's common for sheep to just wander away. Where are they going? I don't know. I think I'll go this way. Why are they leaving? All the food's over here. Everything they need is over here. The water's over here. The grass is greener over here. Yeah, but I got squirrel. And they just wander away. Now, that sounds funny when you talk about sheep, but it sounds a whole lot like my life. Come on, everybody. There's some times in my life I can look back and go, Blake, why in the world did I do that? Have no idea. Just saw a squirrel and walked for a year and a half the wrong way. Anybody else but me? Come on, anybody honest but me? Have no idea why we moved over there. Just, I just chased it over there. Because sheep get lost very easily. Sheep, sheep wake up one morning and realize, oh my gosh, look how far off the path I've gotten. We're trying to figure out our own lives. I'm trying to make myself happy. I think this is a better way. I'm gonna, this, this is my favorite line that, that young people tell me. Pastor, I just want to chart my own course. You're right, you'll probably find something no one else has ever bumped into. You're probably the one exception in all of humanity that won't bump into that. I, I, I just want to go find my own way. I want to go do my own thing. I just We, we get lost, and, and, and I get lost naturally. Like, I, I have a terrible sense of direction. Brandy has to, like, I'm talking about in the morning. She, literally yesterday, so help me God, yesterday, we had to go to a place in this town. Bernie is five, mares, five miles square. You understand that? Like, it's hard to get lost in this little town. We live on the north side of town, which is funny to say about Bernie. And I was going to the south side of town, which is, again, funny to say about Bernie. And I've gone to this place a hundred times. And so help me God, I looked over. We were at a stop sign. And I looked at Brandy and said, remind me how to get where we're going again. I mean, I, know, I could see it over there. I just don't know how to get over there where that is. Partly because all the side roads, I never know if it's one way or not. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm afraid I'm going into oncoming traffic anyways. I get lost easily. Sheep get lost easily. You may look over your life and realize you're lost. How did I get here? How did we get this far? Of course. Sheep get lost. Here's the second thing. Write this down. Sheep are stubborn. Come on, somebody. Sheep, sheep are stubborn. They're stubborn. They're stubborn. They're stubborn. 
they just can't find their way. It's real. It's it's just sheep. Just sometimes go. I don't know. I actually read. I actually read about sheep that it, when they, if they'll walk between two rocks, and because of their because of their wool on on the sheep, they'll get lodged in, and they are literally too stubborn to go in reverse. Like you'll never hear a sheep go beep beep. It just that doesn't happen. Sheep, they don't back up. They'll literally just, they'll just, they'll keep going forward, lodging themselves in deeper, getting more stuck. Anybody know what I'm talking about there? I'm out of money. I'm so broke. Our, our finances are so terrible. Let's go to the mall and buy something and talk about it. Uh-huh. I'm just going to keep diving in this way. You know what I mean? I'm just going to keep walking straight ahead like that. I meet people, not in this service, but in the second service. I meet people all the time who say, I don't know what it is. I keep picking the wrong relationship. I just keep finding the wrong guy. I don't know what it is. Where are you looking at? Well, I'll be at the club this weekend. Well, you just keep keep lodging yourself in. Come on, everybody. Sheep are stubborn. You know what I'm saying? We just keep doing the same thing. Let me back up. Number number three, sheep are defenseless. I'm sorry, media guys. Sheep are defenseless. They're defenseless. They have no natural defenses. No, they don't have fangs. You know that? Even cats from the devil have fangs. They can claw your eyeballs out, which is probably what their intent is from hell, is to claw your eyeballs out. Even cats have natural defenses, but, but sheep do not. Some, some animals can run fast. That's their natural defense. They run away from a predator. Some, some animals can fly away. Sheep don't have wings. They have no natural defense some blend into their environment and and you know change colors or, or look like the branch that they're on sheep can't do that they have no they have no natural defense from predators we get lost easy i tend to i tend to find myself stubborn in my ways and keep pointing my way into the thing that i know isn't working i keep leaning into the choices that i know isn't working as a leader sometimes i find myself literally Complaining about the outcome that I have while realizing I've continuously lodged myself in between these two rocks. And, 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 and I'm too stubborn to back up. Anybody married to somebody like this? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hand. Your hands almost went up and you almost had to sleep at my house. I'm just, I just keep going forward. I have no defenses of my own. Listen to me. On your own, you are defenseless against the enemy. Let me, let me tell you that again. There is an, an, a real spiritual enemy who's out to get you, and by yourself, you are defenseless. You are not strong enough. Pa- Pastor, you don't know. I, I'm pretty strong willpower. You're not strong enough for you to have stopped already. I can lay this down anytime I want to. Okay. Why not today? Well, uh, uh, I don't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can't. You have no natural defenses. In ourselves, we're defenseless. We have nothing that can... Here's the last thing. Write this down. This is probably my favorite one. Sheep are just filthy, everybody. Sheep are just filthy. Wait wait just a minute, Pastor. I've seen, I've, seen, I've seen fluffy white little sheep on television. They're just prancing around. And they're just fluffy and white. Look at my eyes. They pressure wash that joker before they put him on TV. You hear me? They pressure wash that junk. He is not naturally fluffy and white. It is filthy and matted. They stink. In the, in the, in the, in the Greek, it stinketh. Come on, somebody. <laughs> like they, they stinketh. You understand what I'm telling you? They're filthy. I'm filthy on my own. Left to my own devices. I'm a pretty good person. No, you're not. I, I, I'll, I'll do okay. No, you're not. I always get, always get. It's always interesting when Christians talk about other Christians who fail. Who have problems, who have addictions. Boy, I'm so glad I heard what they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, listen, you're just one decision away from the same thing. 
You don't have anything in you that's any better than that. On your own, without the help of God, you don't have anything in you that wouldn't be the same way. Look at me. I'm just as filthy as everybody else. I got the same issues. I got the same problems. Don't don't look at somebody else and think, well, thank God I'm not like them. No, no, no. You could be just like them. What if we, you ever, you ever wondered, you ever played this game? This is a fun game to play. You ever played the game where you, if your mind was a projector that was on the screen behind you, what everybody would think if they saw what was going through your head? Some of you in this moment right now would, would well, you wouldn't be here. And then, you'd, and then you'd be killing someone. I can see it on your face. You know what I mean? Like you just, there's just, if everybody can see what was in your head or they can see what was in your eyes. You know anybody that's got laser beams for eyes? They just, you know, they just want you to die, you know? You ever think, what, what if my thoughts were, were on a loudspeaker? You know what I'm talking about? What if everybody could hear my thoughts? Oh, yeah, you seem like a Christian on the outside, but I'm filthy inside. I got, I got some propensities and some natural things. You say, well, well I'm just doing what comes natural to me. I'm just naturally short-tempered. I know. You're right. Well, I'm just naturally, I'm, I just naturally, I'm, uh, you know, overly, sti- I know. I know you're right. If I do what comes natural to me, I'll do the same thing because inside of me, there's nothing good. It's, it's, there's filthy in there. There's, well, God knows my heart. He does. <laughs> and he tells you not to trust it. It's deceitful. It's wicked. You can't, you, you can't be trusted. God knows my heart. He knows this stuff. This, I always get, always get uh, tickled when people say, well, God and I have an agreement about this thing. Well, you know, the Lord knows. I, I mean, I'm good. I'm good on all this. But, God, you, know, God, you know, Jesus and I, they, they, we know about this one thing I do. You know what I'm saying about this thing. Well, I don't even know what that means. No, he knows exactly who you are. He knows you're filthy just like the rest of us. I don't have any defenses. I don't have anything good in me. You know what that means, everybody? Listen close. Let me give you the bottom line. Look at me. It means sheep need a shepherd. It means I need, you need, we need somebody to guide us. Say amen to that. I need somebody to direct me. I can, I'm my own man. I'm not my own man. If I was my own man, I'd be divorced by now. If I was my own man, I wouldn't be able to have good chip. My wife just, amen. I don't know why you did that so quickly. If I was my own man, my kids wouldn't, it, it wouldn't be good. You wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be doing what God called me to do. I can't, you are not your own woman. You don't, that, that's not who we are as Christians. We need a shepherd to guide us. I need Jesus to tell me how to fix my mouth. I need Jesus to tell me how to fix my temper. I need Jesus to guide me and direct me and clean me up, defend me. I need Jesus to guard me. I need Jesus to help me when I get myself stuck to kick my tail out from underneath the rocks so I'm back up and start all over again. I'm too stubborn to do it on my own. Sheep need a shepherd. Shout amen to that. We need a shepherd. I need someone to guide me. That's why Jesus said, hey, 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 hey. I realize that left to your own, there's a, there, there's a bad, there's an evil shepherd. There's somebody that would jump over the wall. There's, there, there's, there's a thief that's coming that's trying to steal and kill and destroy you. And left to your own, you're no good. And when you have somebody trying to steal, kill, and destroy with you, you're a bad combination. You and the enemy together. You can ruin your marriage. You can ruin your future. You can ruin the purpose God has for you. I can ruin your marriage. I can ruin my own my, my, my ministry. I can ruin my, 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 situ- my, my relationship with my children. I, listen, left to me and the enemy, I can ruin it all. And so could you. 
Jesus said, that's why you need me. I'm a good shepherd. I'm a good shepherd. I'll, I, I'll, I'll be there. I, I, you, you need somebody. Without Him, I'm vulnerable. Listen, without Him, you're vulnerable. Without, without Him, you're just wandering around. You get lost easy. I don't know. I think I'll just make this decision over here. And then you look up two, three, four, five years later and realize, how did I get over here? Without Him, you're lost and dirty. So I'm going to give you, I got just a few more minutes. I'm going to give you some qualities that make the Good Shepherd Him. I want to tell you the genius of the Shepherd of Jesus that, that He's able to guide your life, that there's something about Him that if you'll surrender your whole life to Him, that He'll, he'll protect you. He'll, he'll show you the way to go. He'll, even though you're naturally defenseless, even though you're naturally filthy, even though there's something inside of you, everything is against what God's plan is. That if you'll surrender to the guidance of the good shepherd that your life will be totally different let me give you three of those write these down number one the good shepherd guides come on say he guides everybody say he guides come on say it again he guides he guides me he guides me you know because I tend to get lost you you know because I'll make decisions that aren't right you you know because I'll wander off and not know which way to go you know, because I'll, I'll try to make my own way. I'll try, I tell our team all the time that this church, listen, look at me. This church is not trying to be innovative. We're trying to be effective. If that means in certain areas we innovate, we'll do it. But if somebody's doing it just as good or better, we're going to steal that junk. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Because we're trying to be effective. I'm not trying to chart my own way, do my own thing, be my own man. I need somebody to guide me. I don't need to know how. I'm going to be the best daddy that's ever lived and I'm just going to do it because I'm going to read. I'm going to do No, 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 no. I need God to tell me how to be the best father. I'm just going to be a good husband because, you know, I'm just just that strong-willed. I'm just good at it. I'm just, just ask Brandy. I'm good at it. Don't ask Brandy. I I, I need a guide in my life. By the way, I won't ask your wife because you need a guide. I need a guide. Psalms 23 is kind of where we'll camp out today. Psalms 23 says this. It opens with the Lord is my. Come on, participate with me today. The Lord is my. He's my shepherd. And a couple of verses later, it says, He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. He guides me along the right paths. Don't go over there. This is probably the right way. That's not, but just the other day, literally, I'm with my children. We're outside at a park together. We, we go to the park together a lot. I take my babies, and they're playing around. And I was in the middle, I'm telling you a fact. This, I'm not making this story up. It's not hyperbole. It's a fact. I'm in the middle of a group text message where I'm about to, to set direction for our church, which I don't know the text message is the best way to do that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. I, and... And in the, I'm typing it, and the Holy Spirit stops me and says, not now, not there, not the right thing. Now, it wasn't audible. The wind didn't blow in the trees, and I felt something. None of that happened. Happens to y'all. It never happens to me like that. I just felt him guiding me. He says, stop. I picked the phone up. I canceled the text message. That, that could be a word for somebody here today. I, just, I deleted that whole joint. You know what I'm saying? I picked the phone up and said, I'm putting a pause on everything I told you I was about to do. The the direction I told you I was headed, I'm stopping. I called our staff. I I don't know why. I'm just telling you I'm pausing it. Because I need a guide. Because I could have in one text message went around the wrong path that cost this church two or three years of effectiveness. 
I could have went down the wrong path that cost, that cost our ministry and, and cost people being saved and people coming to know God. I, I, I could have in just that one decision. I, I don't think I could, but maybe I could have derailed the whole thing and, and we'd have been 10 years away and go, that one decision changed all of that. I need a guide, everybody. You need a guide. The, the, the Lord is my shepherd and, and He guides me. And the sheep know His voice. The sheep know the difference from his voice and others. If you're in a room of 50 women, come on, I want you to imagine all the single men. I want you to imagine. If you're in a room of 50 women and they're all talking at one time, you know why? Because that's what women do. And they're all, they're all talking at the very same time. It's amazing to me. They can all hear and understand each other. It's the craziest thing to me. I'm just You just owe it to yourself to sit back and observe it. You just get a group of women together. They can tell you exactly what the other one was talking about, who they were talking about, why they were talking. You put 50 dudes in a room, nobody's saying nothing. We're all looking at our phones. Ain't nobody talking to no. What's up? What's up? That's all we do. We just, Our heads, just like we have Tourette's. That's all we do. Women just, you, you put them all 50 together, there's no way I could, I could figure it out. But, but listen to me, look at me. I could walk in that room of 50 women all talking at the very same time blindfolded. And you give me a few minutes and I could find Brandy. You give me just a couple of minutes in this room of 50 women, they all could be talking to one another, talking loud. You, you, you can blindfold me, you can put my hands in my pocket. I could, I, could I could find my wife. You know why? Because for the last 21 years I've been with her. I know her voice. I know what it sounds like. I, I, I know how she talks. I know the voice inflection. I, I, there, I, can, I can just pick it out. I can pick it out in a room full of 50 voices because I've spent enough time with her. Listen to me. If you can't hear God's voice, maybe because you hadn't spent enough time with Him. Maybe if the noise is too loud, it's because you don't distinguish it enough. I haven't heard it enough. I've heard Brandy enough to know all of y'all can talk at the same time. Given enough time, I can find her voice. Because the, the sheep know the shepherd's voice. And, and I know there's a lot of things that are, that are competing for your attention. But if you'll get close to God, He'll get close to you, the Bible says. You can understand His voice. He's calling you by name. There's some people in this room today trying to make hard decisions, trying to decide which way do I go? How should I take this turn? Well, what should I do about this? And God is trying to guide you to the right paths, the right job, the right, the right decision. Should we have more kids or not? You always should, especially if they're pretty. Should I have more kids? What should, what should we do? Should we move churches? The answer is no. Should we move cities? The answer is absolutely not. You, you just, should I make this investment? Should we, should we spend money here? If, if I need to hear from God, i got to spend enough time with Him that when the voices are competing for my attention, I know His voice because I need guidance. Are you still there? Say amen, everybody. And He'll guide you. And He'll guide you. The Good Shepherd guides you. When I feel lost, when I have decisions to make, He guides me. Number two, write this down. He not only guides you, but He provides for us. Biggest decisions that people come with always, always, without exception. This, this Easter, two weeks from today, we'll do what we, what we call our Easter survey, our annual Easter survey, where we ask people what topics would you like to hear a, a sermon on or, or a message series about. What are the things that you're most concerned about? What are you facing? Always, I'm, I'm a poll taker. I always like to hear feedback of, you know, am, am I speaking about the things that are interesting to you? And, and do you have, uh, you know, things that, that are weighing on your mind? Without exception, it's always, the top two things are, are always this. How do I know the will of God for my life? 
How, how, how do I know the answer to the will of God for my life? Will God guide me? And, and, then, and then I want to know about, I want to know about finances. I want, and, and people think that's so crazy. But I don't even think it's about money. I've got to be honest with you. I think it's the answering the question of, will God take care of me? How do I know that God will provide for me? Psalms 23 continues like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I will not want. He makes me to, underline this in your Bible, lie down in green pastures. And he leads me beside, underline this, quiet waters. Still waters, one translation says. And, and it's there in those green pastures and those quiet waters that he restores my soul. He, he makes me lie down. Do, do you know that the sheep won't naturally lie down anywhere they are? Do, 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 do you know that there's some, there's some things that have to be in place for sheep to lie down? If, if you'll just drive by and there's a sheep herd out, very rarely will you see them lying down. They'll sleep standing up. They'll move in a herd standing up. They will very, very rarely lay down because there, be, there has to be three things that, that are in place. Sheep won't lie down unless they're well fed. If they're very well fed, they're li- they'll, they'll lie down. Sheep won't lie down unless they're getting along. If, they, if they're fighting, i got to stay on my toes because I don't know what you got planned. You know what I'm saying? I don't know what sheep's coming after me here. I don't know where we're at right now. I'm, just, I gotta be, I'm, I'm always looking. You know what I mean? A sheep will not lay down unless they feel safe. But Jesus says, I'll, I'll make you lie down in, in green pastures. When the, when, the, when the shepherd is present in your life, when you've surrendered your heart to the shepherd, then I'm filled with his presence, everybody. I feel well fed. I hope you leave church always feeling like I've been fed God's word. I, I, want, I want this to be a well-fed church that you feel like, man, I got God's word and I've been, I've been filled with his presence today and I've been filled with his word uh, today. And, and, then, and then I want you to feel like that there's peace in your home and your relationships, that you're getting along. If, 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 the, if the shepherd's present, then I'm not afraid. And then he said, when all of that is present, when there's a shepherd that's there, I'll make you lie down. I'll make everything in your life comfortable. I'll give you some peace. I'm not saying there aren't wolves out there. I'm not saying that the enemy can't come in. I'm just telling you, you'll feel better about the enemy you face when you know the shepherd's with you. And you'll lie down. How many of you would like, you don't have to raise your hands to be able to sleep at night, not worry. Where are all of my worry warts? Where are you at? Come on, come on. We got a club we starting. Just us, yeah. I'm worried about how worry... I am. You know what I mean? I told my doctor the other day, I'm just, I worry so much, I'm worried about it, you know? I do. I just worry about everything. What, what, what if we could surrender our, our lives to the Good Shepherd and say, once you, you make me lie down and, and there's peace there? And then he leads me by quiet waters. Underline that. I'm almost done. He leads me by quiet waters. You, you know why he leads you by still waters? Because sheep won't drink from rushing water. Sheep won't drink from water that's flowing, that's rushing through there. They're afraid I'm going to fall in that joint and I'm going to be a giant fur ball. You know what I'm saying? Like floating down the river there. I Just a big old cotton ball just floating all the way down. The good shepherd knows you won't ever drink if you're too worried about what's coming and the future and what's next. 
And so he says, I'll bring you by the right kind of waters where it's still and it's quiet and you can be fully satisfied in your soul. Where, where you can drink. Matter of fact, Jesus would say that if you'll take a drink of this living water, you'll never thirst again. I'm going to give you that thing. That's I'll, I'll even take you to the right stream where it's quiet enough that you can trust it. Well, you don't worry about the future. What if your whole life could be such that you didn't worry about what was downstream? That you just trusted the shepherd for where I am right now. Come on, everybody. From where I am right now, that everything's okay. That he leads me beside still waters. Here's the third thing and the final thing. He not only guides me. He, he, he not only provides for me. But the good shepherd protects those that he loves. He protects me. Psalms 23 and 4 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the darkest valley, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. When He's with me, I don't have anything to fear. I don't have anything to worry about. I don't have anything to, I don't have anything to be stressed about. When, when you're with me, it's not that, it's, that evil's not present. It's that you're with me. It's, it's not that there isn't stuff going wrong in my life. It's that you're with me. It's, it's not that things aren't falling apart all around me. It's that you're with me. It, it's, it's not that the things aren't uncertain. It's that I can face uncertainty with you with me. I, I know that you're working all things for my good. I know that you're working everything for, for the good of those who are called according to God's purpose. You're with me. You're with me. You're with me. Psalms 23 and 4 says, I will... Fear no evil, for you are with me. Now, now here's, here's what I want to teach you the final thing. For your rod and your staff, underline that in your Bible, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Your rod is a weapon to scare off harm. The rod was what the shepherd would use to beat off the animals that would threaten the sheep. And, the, and, and, and David would say it like this, I realize when you're with me how easy it is for me to feel calm. I have peace because you've got something that's fighting for me. Look into my eyes. He is fighting for us. He's fighting battles you can't fight on your own. Doing things you can't control on your own. Making a way that you can't see how that way is. He's got a rod and he's fighting for you. I would rather God fight my battles than me. You know what I'm saying? I would rather God go before me. I would rather the angels of the Lord fight on my behalf. There, there's a rod that's there. And there's a staff that's there. And they comfort me. The staff is a hook on the end of it. It's a shepherd's staff. And it rescues fallen sheep out of danger. It comforts sheep. It would stroke the, the side of, of a sheep in this wool like, like you would a pet. And it gives me comfort to know that you're with me. Doesn't mean that danger's not all around us. Doesn't mean the things aren't scary out there. It just means you've got a rod that fights for me. And you've got a staff that comforts me. And I feel better knowing that you're with me. What if your whole life could be such that? You could live in peace because you know he's there. And he's a good shepherd. And you prepare, to, this is my favorite part of the whole passage. Maybe you've heard this read in funerals. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You prepare a table before me. I don't have time to teach it. In the presence of mine enemies. In other words, you invite me to sit down. I'm so confident in you. You invite me to sit down while they watch me eat. 
And, and not just that, but you anoint my head with oil. And my cup overflows. Last thing i got to tell you. You anoint my head with oil. The good shepherd loves you enough that he pours oil on your head. If you were a sheep herder, you would know that sheep battle infestation of flies and lice and parasites that make their way into a herd of sheep and they'll literally infest and, 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 and they'll swarm and, and they'll make their way into sheep's ears and his nose, his nostrils. Lice and flies and nasty, isn't it? What's worse is that they'll, they'll lay larvae inside the nasal passages or the ear canals of a sheep. And the fly may leave, but that larva, instead of going south, it goes north. You know what I'm saying? And, and there have been many occurrences of hundreds of sheep, a whole herd, who that larva has created parasites that burrow into the brain of a sheep and literally drive it crazy. They'll bang their heads against, against stones and walls. And they'll literally, they'll go crazy because of the infestation. And so, she, am I helping anybody? So shepherds for centuries now will take oil and they'll literally pour it over the top of a sheep's head. And the smell of that oil and, 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 and the, the, the molecular makeup, the flies, and the, they, won't, they won't stick to it. They won't even come around a sheep's head let alone burrow their way up into his mind, into his brain. And the good shepherd says, you anoint my head with oil. In other words, listen close. You'll protect my mind, the things that are driving me crazy. It's one thing to protect me from wolves and and, and, and things that come against the sheep herd, but what what if he would anoint your, your head so that the things that would drive you nuts, he gives you peace about? What if fear and anxiety and worry and doubt, things in my head, things in my head, the good shepherd said, I'll take care of those. I read a story about a drama professor who was teaching his class. And he stood up in the university and he said with this sort of arrogant tone, I want all of you to read the 23rd Psalm. And the, and, and the professor, the brilliant Ph.D. professor of drama then began to read it out loud. He said, I'll go first. The Lord is my shepherd. He had this big booming voice. And I shall not want. And he, and, and he did it in a dramatic fashion. And he did it with his booming voice. He did, went through the whole thing and it was brilliant. And every student in, in, in the room stood and applauded and screamed. And man, that was amazing, that delivery of the 23rd Psalm. And then he pointed to the front row. And he pointed to the, the kid that everybody knew was a Christian in the room. On a college campus, it sort of stood out like a sore thumb. And he said, I want you to go next. I want you to do it. The shyest kid there. Everybody knew he was shy. He was scared to death. He didn't know he was a young Christian kid on a college campus. What am I supposed to do? But he gets up and stands in front of his class. So nervous, sweating, worried, voice trembling. And he started to read Psalms 23. And the imagery began to come to life as he remembered all that Jesus had done. For him, and he began to say, The Lord is my shepherd, and 
I, I, I don't have to want for anything. And he remembered how God had provided for him, come through for him, made a way for him when he was in need. And he started to tremble and shake. And his voice began to quiver as he began to read the 23rd Psalm. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And beside still waters he leads me. And he, and he got overwhelmed with emotion and tears falling out of his eyes. He was overwhelmed. He had to continue barely through the 23rd Psalm as tears flowed out of his eyes and when he got through nobody clapped nobody stood nobody screamed but everybody cried and the professor the brilliant drama professor stood up not a dry eye in the room and he said there you have it I know the psalm but he knows the shepherd and I don't want you to know about God and what he can do for you I don't want you to know about the Bible and what He says about your life. I don't want you to just know about doctrine. I don't want you to just know about what Jesus could bring you through. I want you to know God. I want you to know the Good Shepherd. I want you to surrender your whole life. With your head bowed and your eyes closed. If you've never done that, today is a great opportunity to do so. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus, let me give you an opportunity in this moment. Maybe you come today and you're worried about the future, worried about what happens next. How do I get through this? Questions in your mind. Questions about money and your marriage and your kids and your relationships. Questions. I feel lost. I feel defenseless. I feel hopeless. Left of my own, I've messed up so many times. And the Good Shepherd's here. And I want you to know Him today. Not, not know about Him, I want you to know Him. If that's you and you're ready to surrender your whole life to Jesus today, you're ready to give Him control of your life, not just your future, not just your afterlife, not just heaven or hell, but you want Him to take control of your life, your relationships, your decisions, what I'm facing, my fears, my anxiety, the things in my head no one knows about, I need Him right now. If that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, include me in this prayer, that's me, that's me, that's me. Hands up, I see Him. I see Him. Pray a prayer that sounds like this, Lord Jesus. I give you my whole life today. I surrender to the guidance of the Good Shepherd. I surrender my sins. I repent of everything in my life that I've tried to control, hang on to, manipulate, make work on my own, and I give it to you. I surrender to the guidance, to the protection. I surrender to the provision of God that you're my source. Nobody else can take care of me like you can. Nobody else can give and nobody else can provide. Nobody else can make a way. God, I surrender it all to you today. I give you my whole life. In Jesus' name, amen, everybody. Come on, amen. Do you receive God's word today, everybody? Stand up. Stand up. I want to give you a chance to respond to the word of God today. And thank you for being here. Thanks for braving the great hurricane of 2019. <laughs> In Texas, it's all the same. You know what I mean? If the temperatures are below 40, it might as well be a blizzard, you know. A little bit of drizzle might as well be a hurricane. So thanks for coming and making the way today. So glad to have you. We always end our services giving and responding to God's Word. Let me say thank you for how you give. Let me remind you that everything that happens here is because of your generosity and your faithfulness. We say it this way, that we'll always have more vision than we have resource. But we move at the pace of your participation and your generosity. 
So when people come to me and say, Pastor, i got a good idea for a ministry, my, I always ask, how will you be involved? <laughs> you know, Because we move at the pace of your participation. The same thing's true in our church. Everything that we do here is because of the pace of your generosity. You have been a remarkably generous church. God's been very good to us. And as we continue to take steps to reaching the world and spreading the gospel and translating the Bible in languages that don't have it and planting local churches in cities that don't have a life-giving church, as we continue to reach out into this community, feed the hungry and take care of those that God put in our care, I just want you to know you're a part and we'll move at the pace that you give and are generous with God's house. So whatever God would tell you to do, just do that. And God's going to take care of us. Amen, everybody. Bow your heads. Let's pray before we give. Father, thank you for... Your word today, God, thank you for the chance to give. Right here on the first Sunday of the month, I always like to ask you to bless those that put you first. God, those that will tithe this month, that will put God first. The first 10% of everything I have belongs to you. God, it all belongs to you, but I return the tithe to God. I pray blessing supernaturally on husbands and wives and mothers and fathers that tithe. And God, give you their first fruits. God, receive it as an act of worship from my heart to yours and use it to change the world. In Jesus' name.